We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. Let's have trial by combat. The president is willing to stake his reputation on the fact that we're going to find criminality there. under your chairs if necessary so we have folks entering the rotunda and coming down this way so we'll update you as soon as we can but just be prepared stay calm multiple reporters have said that they've seen at least one person being carried out of the Capitol on a stretcher. I've spoken to the president. I asked him to talk to the nation to tell him to stop this. This is not who we are. Uh, this afternoon, I announced a citywide curfew for the District of Columbia beginning at 6 p.m. this evening, going until 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. It's chaos. It borders on sedition. And it must end now. I call on this mob to pull back and allow the work of democracy to go forward. That was January 6th. 2021, one year ago today, of course, the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Um, All kinds of speeches, ceremonies, recognition of what happened one year ago. Um, Bottom line, um, it's a a pretty dramatic, stunning blow against, well, democracy in the United States. A lot of people, a lot of very high-ranking people talking about the state of democracy in the U.S. and how they see it as being in peril, at risk. Hanging in the balance. You know, we hear some people talking about civil war of all things. Now, are they being hyperbolic? I don't know. I really don't. Um, There's certainly a lot of people that would know that are very concerned about things. We're going to chat right now with Roy McSkimming, who is the author of the novels Laurier in Love and McDonald, and recently put together a piece about some Canadian connections to the situation in the U.S. Uh, Roy, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Good morning, Shay. Great to be here. First of all, when we talk about, we'll get to the Canadian story in a minute, but let's just talk about what we're seeing in the United States right now to sort of lay the groundwork for how it relates to Canada's history. Um, I'm not wrong in saying there's some very high-ranking politicians and, and military people and um, who are saying, you know what, democracy is under threat in the U.S. right now. Absolutely, yeah. There was an op-ed in the Washington Post recently by three retired U.S. Army generals who warned uh, that they're afraid uh, if there's a, a coup next time, it, uh, it could succeed. And then we had Biden speaking this morning um, to, to, from, in Congress, uh, talking about how fragile American democracy is and calling on the people to, to, to rally around it. And it's really, I think it's really hard for a lot of us to, to, to wrap our head around, um, but it just, it does show how tenuous democracy can be. Now, you've drawn some great parallels to, I guess we can call it the Canadian insurrection, uh, like 175 years ago. <laughs> but, but tell us the story about Canada's, um, yeah, I guess you can call it an uprising, an insurrection, whatever you want. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a both a rising and an insurrection. And, um, I, you know, it's, it's not widely known anymore, but in 1849, uh, Canada was a a, a a small colony consisting basically of Ontario and Quebec at that point, uh, and uh, its capital was in Montreal. 
where where there was a quite a, a an large elegant wooden parliament building um and the i i published a piece in the globe and mail yesterday about this and it was illustrated with a painting that really shows dramatically what happened that night uh it shows the the parliament building on fire and flames leaping into the sky um and uh just in other words what had what what started uh what threatened to happen in washington a year ago actually happened here <laughs> A uh, hundred and seventy some years ago, as you said, uh, except worse, because the parliament burned to the ground, and the amazing thing was that democracy didn't burn with it. And, right, and uh, that was kind of the story. The parallels um, to um, what happened in the U.S. last year and what happened in Canada way back in 1849 are kind of jarring. I mean, it's it's that whole sort of us versus them partisan. Not even partisan, but you know what I mean. Um, it's the us versus them political situation. Just tell us what was sort of the the catalyst for this uprising. Yeah, the parallels are jarring, really. Uh, and and there was this tremendous divide in those days in the 1840s in Canada and all through the 19th century, really, between what what they used to call the two races, and what they meant by that is not by what we would mean now. Uh, they they were talking about English and French. Um, and there was such animosity, especially on the side of the English, I have to admit. Um, you know, the, the French were uh, not only uh, speaking a different language, but uh, uh, most of them were Roman Catholic, and um, the, uh, the majority of English Canadians were Protestant, although it was a mixture, but still, that division ran right down the society, and um, a couple of political leaders tried to bridge that divide in, in 1849. Uh, Robert Baldwin and, and Louis Lafontaine uh, were the, the first political leaders who really uh, were implementing what we now think of as democracy, the, the, you know, the will of the uh, people expressed through their elected representatives in Parliament. And they, they led a coalition government that uh, combined English and French MPs and uh the the uh the english uh, canadian folks in montreal and and the big businessmen in montreal who were who were anglophones didn't like that they they didn't like the way things were going they felt the french had too much power and uh that that britain was not uh treating canada properly anymore because canada was still a british colony but there was a depression going on because of things Britain had done, and uh, there were bankruptcies, and, and the business people were very out of sorts. And, and they, uh, they actually uh, incited um, a mob that marched through the streets at night in Montreal after uh, listening to, to some political speakers. They, had, they were carrying torches, they were chanting slogans, and they stormed Parliament. They broke down the front doors and got into the... Uh, chamber and began beating up the the, the MPs. Uh, and but the funny thing is, the, the MPs were a tough bunch in in those days, and they they fought back. They they threw punches. They they threw books and ink bottles at the <laughs> at the attackers. But they were outnumbered. They were outnumbered, and uh, pretty soon there was uh, some some hooligan was seizing the the mace, and another flopped down into the speaker's chair. You know, which which wow. invokes images like we saw on TV Certainly from Washington. Does. Yeah, and within uh, another few minutes, a fire started deliberately, and the the building burned to the ground. That's how it happened, and uh, a, a very 
a very sobered uh, group of MPs uh, met next uh, next morning. Uh, Baldwin and Lafontaine insisted they should they should ca- try and car- in fact carry on the work of government, carry on the work of democracy, uh, no, no matter what happened to the building itself. Which is also what we saw um, the elected representatives in the United States say, we must carry on, we must finish the work. Um, Indeed. How, yeah. how ultimately did this play out? How long did this sort of unrest last, and what was the uh, final outcome? Well, the unrest did last uh, for uh, quite a few days afterwards, because the mob uh, was was roaming freely in the streets law enforcement was very very weak in those days and uh uh but fortunately the the government had the backing of of the governor general lord elgin who uh, sup- he and the british government actually supported the move towards self-government that was happening here um and eventually um basically the, you know the 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 salvation of 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 it all and and the, was that all sides agreed to basically uh try and make democracy work you know they accepted the way the system works they 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 people gave up trying to uh, uh overthrow a government when they didn't like the results of an election and just as biden was saying this morning you 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 can't just love your country when your side wins in the election you you know you've got you've got to abide by the system if if it's ever going to work if you're going to have a democracy and uh, so the idea of imposing you know will uh, the, like the, the people's will by by acts of force was never really revived in this country and eventually, the Conservative Party did just what the uh, Baldwin and Lafontaine were doing. They were they were liberals. Uh, the Conservatives, under John A. Macdonald and George Etienne Cartier, uh, created a, a French English party that uh, try you know did did everything it could to be a big tent party that was inclusive, inclusive of people of different language, different religion, different regions. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's the pattern of, of uh, political parties yeah. that have formed government ever since. Exactly, and, and, and the parties that will, um, you know, exploit that and capitalize that and, and further that divide and drive that wedge in deeper uh, to the outcome that we see now. Interesting discussion. Uh, Roy, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure, Shay. Thank you. Great stuff. Thank you very much. That is okay. uh, Roy McSkimming, an author uh, of the books uh, Laurier in Love and MacDonald, giving us a little history lesson on Canada's insurrection that happened way back in um, 1849.